I was going to originally uh, just uh, share a brief update about uh, Liberia and uh, letting you all know if you would please remember to pray for uh, Uganda and Kenya as Rick and I uh, head over there uh, on Thursday. But uh, with everything that is on our thoughts and preeminent probably right now in our minds and uh, a great focus for prayer today, uh, I've decided to just turn our attention to Psalm 123, if you'll turn there. Psalm 123, as uh, we think about all that's happening uh, in the Middle East and uh, in Israel uh, over the weekend, um, our thoughts turn to uh, Psalm 122 that states, uh, you know, that states, pray for the peace of Israel, pray for the for the flourishing of Israel, pray for the uh, existence and the safety of Israel. And of course, Psalm 122 is right in the middle of Psalm 121 and 123. They are all songs of ascent and um, they are songs of degree. Uh, they were to be sung by groups of pil uh, Jewish pilgrims uh, leaving their homes and heading up uh, toward Jerusalem which was uh, at high elevation, uh, and uh, everywhere you came from, you would go up to Jerusalem. So Psalm 121 reminds us to lift our eyes to the hills, from whence cometh our help. Psalm 122 reminds us in prayer to lift our eyes to the house of the Lord. And Psalm 123 uh, tells us to lift our eyes to God who is enthroned above. Uh, it tells us to look to heaven and all of its blessings, but most importantly, I think, to focus on God ultimately. Um, and so as we're thinking of, of, especially, I think, praying for Israel at this time, I completed a book this summer on the Battle of Britain and uh, the Blitz uh, that happened back in 1940, 1941, uh, when uh, England was bombarded with all of that air attack and the tremendous terror that that wrought in the hearts and uh, lives of the citizens of Britain and especially London and its surrounding areas. Um, I was actually on an airplane headed to the Middle East, traveling all by myself. Uh, I was to meet up with uh, some men there uh, and the host that I had never met before in my life. And this was pre-cell phone and uh, internet, mostly uh, age and things like that. Um, and uh, I was on the plane to Lebanon um, and recognized that as we were approaching Lebanon, the train or the I'm sorry, the, the plane <laughs> was uh, making a U-turn, so to speak, and um, discovered uh, through uh, I was the only non, I think, uh, Arab person on that plane. But uh, uh, we were diverted because Israel had just launched some missiles uh, on the Lebanese airport there. Uh, in retaliation to some missiles that uh, Hezbollah had uh, launched against Israel earlier in the week. So I understand just a little bit of, um, of what those people are going on in those unimaginable situations there in Israel. And uh, so just with that in mind, um, let's look at Psalm 123 and let it inform our hearts as we go to prayer today. It's really a psalm that emphasizes two words. The first word is the word eyes, E-Y-E-S, and that occurs, uh, I think, four times in the first two verses. 
And then the word mercy, mercy, which occurs a couple of uh, three times as well. Um, so uh, these words appear often in this very short psalm. So let's focus on that first idea of the eyes, uh, our eyes lifting to heaven in prayer. It's called a song of degrees. And verse one, unto thee I lift or lift I up mine eyes. O thou that dwellest in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. This psalm was written to people who were weary, who were losing heart, but were looking to God in prayer. What a beautiful image uh, or imagery this psalm brings forth about total dependence on God, total submission to God. And uh, Charles Spurgeon, among others, commenting on this psalm reminds us of how we are to look to God, how our eyes to be, are to be on God. We're to wait patiently on God. We're to look resolutely to God, for our eyes will naturally not in the flesh go up to heaven, but they will go downward or inward, or we will tend to look anywhere else in a desperate situation other than God. We're to look obediently. We're to look attentively and have our gaze toward God in prayer. We're to look submissively, willing to do whatever he says in his word to do, and to do it continuously, to never take our eyes off of God, or to pray without ceasing. I think we are to look to God with the eyes of our heart, so to speak, as Paul talks about expectantly. Um, anticipating his answer. And I think we ought to be looking at God singularly um, or singly. In other words, our eyes aren't supposed to be uh, looking all over the place or in multiple places. We're to fix our gaze on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, as we sin and as we um, transgress against the Lord, we should look to him imploringly asking for that forgiveness and restoration of fellowship that we so desperately need. So as we pray today, I would ask that we would remember, among other things, the nation of Israel uh, at this time, as that's on our hearts especially, and pray that they, the people there, uh, would look to the Lord in this time of great crisis, as well as those in Ukraine and persecuted Christians and we ourselves, uh, whatever we are experiencing in life. Just challenge you today. Is that how you're looking at God today? Is that how you are approaching this hour of prayer? Expectantly, continuously, um, attentively, singularly. Steve Lawson writes on this psalm, faith always looks to God. It's always looking up to God. It looks beyond the visible to the invisible. In prayer, we look beyond the physical to the spiritual. In prayer, we look beyond the, uh, the temporal to the eternal. And uh, 
Faith is that upward vision of the believing soul looking beyond the circumstances of life to the Lord himself who stands behind these events and presides over them all for his glory. So let's look to the Lord with the eyes of faith. And why do we need that? Why do we need mercy? We're to look to God in this psalm with our eyes for mercy. Notice verse 4. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. A, A double plea for mercy. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. We're not totally sure when this psalm was written, but most uh, scholars of the word believe that it was written around the time of the return to Babylon. And if that is so, then we have an excellent example of how how to respond to scorn and contempt, or we might use the word ridicule when we face it in our lives. Um, A great example, for example, is found in the man Nehemiah who is part of one of the returns uh, to, the, uh, to the nation of Israel and to the city of Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. You'll remember his story. And as he began to rebuild, he was faced with scorn and contempt and ridicule from a man or a group largely led by a man named Sanballat. And uh, Sanballat uh, publicly uh, mocked all that Nehemiah was doing in an attempt uh, to lower morale and to stop the work of God. And we know, even as we're seeing today, that Israel is always a target of the contempt and scorn of of, of the world. And we, as God's people, experience that also. So how are we to respond? Well, Nehemiah is a great example. He did not respond by retaliation, but he responded rather with prayer and work. Prayer and work. What a model that is for us today, to respond Uh, to opposition in this world, persecution in this world, uh, with with prayer and work. It says that that, uh, he prayed to the Lord in Nehemiah 4, 5, and then he worked. They built the wall, and all the wall was joined together until the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. So today I want to just encourage and exhort us as we go to prayer Um, And as we remember a variety of requests to keep our eyes on God continually and cry for mercy, cry for his grace. The Israelites knew that God was a God of mercy because when he revealed his name to Moses, he said, I'm the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. And now we, the new covenant people of God, are beckoned to come there boldly unto the throne of grace that we might find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. I love what John Newton said, even as we pray for the salvation of people that seem as if there is no hope for them. One day, a friend of Newton came to him and said, sometimes I almost despair of that man, referring to a man that he had been presenting the gospel to for many years. Newton said, I never did despair of any man since God saved me. And God has shown mercy upon mercy to us, brothers and sisters. And we can cry out to God today for mercy for our lives and for mercy for those who are in harm's way, both physically and spiritually.
because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, We were carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of that great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he has made us alive together with Christ. So in this psalm, we find encouragement, don't we? We find the needed motivation to look beyond our present circumstances and look to the Lord. We need to be peering beyond, as one man said, an overbearing boss or a dying, an, a, a dying relative or an unfaithful friend. Um, we're to look beyond all of these circumstances to wayward children. We're to look beyond to the Lord himself. We will look beyond unexpected expenses, a stagnant ministry, or a passed over promotion that we thought we had earned. That's the upward vision that Psalm 123 reminds us of. We look to God for direction. We look to God for protection. We look to God for provision. And that gaze of Psalm 123 reflects a heart of humble submission, of humble reliance, and an eager and ready obedience to do what God bids us. Thank you, and may God bless uh, this meditation to our hearts as we go in prayer.